Hello and welcome to the Sportingly Average podcast. And uh, welcome back, episode 10. It's been a while. Uh, new year, new stats, I think we're going with for this episode. And uh, as always, I'm your host, Phil. And uh, yeah, it's been a while, but uh, joined once again by my reliable co-hosts, Jupp and Reese. Uh, Reese, how are you doing? You're looking very smart in your uh, shirt. Well, you know, some of us wanted to uh, look nice for the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I just thought Chuppy's been talking about, um, actually, have you, about record, recording the video once. Did you say that? Did I make that up? You you did make that up, yeah. Yeah, Chuppy hasn't said that. Our, no idea. We have to Absolutely make our OnlyFans millions somehow. Oh, God. Exactly. Good, thanks, Phil. Missed you both. And it's good that we're back here again, obviously, because nothing... Nothing of interest, sporting-wise, has happened since November. Exactly, yeah, just nothing's happened. Nothing. But uh, we'll get to that. Juppie, how are you? Good. You know, the reliable upload schedule of this podcast, continuing as always. Um, yeah, exactly. We've had uh, a bit of a break, various things, holidays, new jobs, Christmas, New Year. You know, by January, which means, you know, we, d- we don't tend to like talking to each other when we're not half-cut, so... Lots of things going away. I actually think you could say, rather than returning by popular demand, we actually took a break by popular demand. <laughs> exactly. Please stop pestering us. But uh, no, back with uh, episode 10. And I think for, for this one, we're just going to do a bit of a, a almost review of 22 and then outlook of 2023, what we want to happen, expect to happen, think might happen for the... Uh, upcoming year of sport and records and stats um but yeah as always we'll um get going with the the stat of the week um and i'll kick us off and it isn't technically i don't think it was quite this week that um i stumbled across this but the uh the athlete in question um is uh, breaking records well, extending her record on a week-by-week basis from the uh, from all accounts. And it is Michaela Schifrin. Uh, yeah. So Michaela Schifrin, for those who don't know, and I, up till about a month ago, I had absolutely no idea who this woman was. Um, and then I saw a uh, tweet about her, and it was just a ridiculous numbers attached to her uh, sporting prowess. So for those that don't know... Michaela Schifrin is an alpine skier, uh, and just a few days ago, she notched up her 84th win in alpine skiing, and uh, that is an all-time record in women's skiing. So she's overtaking Lindsay Vonn's 82 wins. Um, she's not quite got the all-time record just yet, so that is held by Ingemar Stenmark, uh, the... Uh, male alpine skier from Sweden but she holds the women's record he's on 86 um, and well retired so three more wins and she'll have the outright win um, outright record but that isn't what I found particularly obviously that in itself is amazing but what made it stand out to me was I think there's a few things we talk about when whenever we touch on the topic of like greatest of all time and go I think there's, uh, I think it was Reese summed up quite well a few episodes ago, was saying that it's a kind of a mixture of, well, there's always a debate, whereas is it like the one one time greatness 
Is it sustained greatness? Is it like, how do you stack up against it? Um, so obviously Michaela Schifrin on her day can beat anyone. 84 wins uh, shows that. Um, and what makes her stand out is her percentage win rate. Uh, and I saw this compared against other athletes across sports. So she has a win rate of just over 35%, which is obviously ridiculous. One in three events for anyone that's amazing, for someone at the pinnacle of their sport, phenomenal. And just to put that into perspective, Lindsay Vaughn, who probably the only skier I could have named up until finding out about uh, Michaela Schifrin, because she did used to have the record, uh, was only at 21% compared to Schifrin's 35. So a huge gulf there. But then you look at other athletes that are deemed to be kind of the greatest. Their win rate at tournament level, so not just matches, but tournaments. Tiger Woods is 22%. Federer is 28%. Serena is 30%. And Djokovic is 32%. So she kind of smokes all of them. Um, so that was my, yeah, my style they, of the week. They, is it not... tournament style? Or Alpine events tournament style then? Is it like a number of, is it like heats? Yes, they're stuff? kind of yeah. like meets. It's not just a single kind of go down really quick run. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you get like, like what, four things. attempts, right? Is it two, yeah, two attempts per like round, and there's like three rounds. Yeah, it's not just yeah. a, it's not like turn up, do a hundred meter race, and go home kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so her percentage win rate is just clearly that much better than any other um, skier. So she's well advanced of Lindsay Vaughn, and even against other athletes that are deemed incredibly successful, mm. um, her win rate is thirty five percent. So to be above a third of all events you enter is hella impressive Imagine and that. uh yeah just roll a dice for to... any event and like five yeah. or six you're winning it job done let's go yeah exactly and you think that so the best compare well, not the best comparison but the one i have is so tiger woods is 22 percent is on his 82 pga tour wins and like winning one pga tour means you're a phenomenal golfer he won 82 at a 22 percent win rate so to put that in perspective, like one in five was deemed amazing. She's there at one in three, just smoking everyone. So Schifrin still going, almost certainly going to get the all-time record to get to 87 plus wins. She doesn't show any signs of stopping anytime soon. And yeah, her win percentage uh, is likely to, to stay well above a third. So Michaela Schifrin, an incredible Alpine skier. And also... Alpine skiing, just maniacs. Just yeah, you've got to be like damaged in the head to yeah, enjoy that. That's kind of up sport. there with like the luge, the bloody whatever the long jump skiing one is called. Maniacs. Yeah, like couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> I just i i like boarding. I don't like going particularly quickly. I'll I go. I'll go. I'll go pretty fast, but I don't. That, that yeah, that's next level. I thoroughly enjoyed the Wikipedia page. Describes it as. Alpine skiing, the pastime of just sliding down snow-covered slopes on skis. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't say, it's, yeah, you don't get the sense of terror. Yeah. I knew you mentioned boarding as well. Did you go recently? <laughs> or did you have fun? Uh, I actually did, Juppie, yeah, I had a lovely time. Um, somewhere which which uh, shall not be named. 
because you'll both start going. You've, beep, you've beep, been on beep, the beep, you've been on the slopes more recently, Jeffy. I think it's the exact same time with Reese, maybe bar one day. Yeah, but I was going to be casual about it. Recent snow junkie. Yeah, I mean, listen, Reece had we, to drop Jeffy, in the border. Jeffy and I didn't go together. <laughs> I would like to stress the fact that we didn't we didn't go skiing together. And Jeffy you know, was too probably, busy skiing probably, with his best friend. That's very true. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't nice. mention Juppie, famous off-piste skier from a uh, That's the short, one. Oh, short yeah. video that we saw. <laughs> He's falling his way down Splat. the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Reese, nice. what have you got for us this week? Uh, my stats of the week. So, I mean, I've, I've got two other stats already. Um, so I kind of basically farmed this one out. So many thanks to the, the contributor. It'll be a bit of a quick one. It's a little bit more niche than we normally go for. Um, it is... Recently, Shannon Michaela, who is, I think, a, an Aussie circus performer from the Gold Coast, has broken the world record for foot archery. What? That's why you come here. <laughs> That's why you come to this podcast, for the foot archery info. So, uh, she's hit a, you know, so foot archery, it's this thing where you kind of stand on your hands, normally on a couple of you know, bits of wood or crutches or something, and then you hold and draw the bow back with your feet. Why? Hang on, so you're balancing Jesus. on crutches or something as well as then... Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you've got you to be upside down, haven't you? That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a particularly pop- widespread sport, for fairly obvious reasons. Mainly because, <laughs> I think from a personal perspective, I, uh, I, couldn't, I can't really balance on my hands. I can't hold a bow in the foot. I can't draw a bowstring back with my toes. And I certainly can't do all three at once. Uh, although I haven't yes, actually tried. That does rule you out of that event, I feel. Real shame. It's a real shame. Missing um, some key things. <laughs> yeah. But I've not you know, I've not tried it yet, so you never know, it could actually It's still time. Yeah, could be a thirties prodigy. The same way you've got child prodigies. Could be a thirties prodigy. Um anyway, so basically she smashed the previous record, someone hit a bullseye, which is the size of a grapefruit, um, from twelve metres away. Do you wanna guess how far she's done it from? If, if you haven't read my notes. 12 metres, world records. It can't be that much more. 15? Yeah, maybe maybe 18, 19? Uh, it's 18.27 metres. That's a uh, massive jump. Yeah, it's yeah. a good increase of 50% over the former world record. So I think in somewhere in an article I found, she seems to imply that there's about 20 of these sort of foot arches around the world. So, you know, maybe there's room for... For the, for the sport to explode in the future as you get more and more foot arches, arching. <laughs> the uh, well, the e is a bit of eye candy, and then you can be that bit of eye candy in the sport, you know. Get you uh, the bad boy of foot archery. Yeah. The bad boy of <laughs> foot archery. All I need to be is to become a bad boy and become eye candy. But apart from that, <laughs> fully qualified. That. So there you go. Nice one, Shannon. Good on you. Or as the Aussies might say, Bonza. God's sake. <laughs> That's one for our Australian listeners out there. Awful. Awful. Well, zero that's a, I, yeah. think, I think that's the most niche sport we've had referenced on the podcast. Ooh, I think so. Is it even a sport? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if archery is a sport, I feel foot archery is. Is archery a sport? It's an Olympic event. It's more sort of practice for... It's more sort of practice for... Caveman life, competitive skill like versus sport, I guess. Nuclear oh, yeah. fallout. 
Where not do you draw one, the line? No, I mean, surely we should draw the line as widely as possible. Yeah, we can talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I really want to go to uh, a chess boxing match live because that sounds hilarious. If you've never uh, heard of that concept. Yeah. How's, how does it work? I thought it was chess UAC. Yes, you, do, you do one round of boxing and then you have three minutes of chess, like a 15 second uh, move clock or something. And then you do another <laughs> round of boxing. Do you... And you just do back and forth until someone either wins the chess match or the boxing match. Right, so instantly I'd like to min-max this sport, either by finding a really talented chess player who's very elusive and just well, dance like, yeah, around the ring. Who, who wins that? Like, Muhammad Ali or Magnus Carlsen? Like, which one? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but surely if you're going to go for it, either you, 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 you meet head up and you go to the knockout early rounds, or you're good at chess and you just sort of slither around. I'm... I feel I'm going down the boxing route just because losing one of them is much less downside than the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But no, foot archery, that is the current leader for weird sports. Leader in well the clubhouse, done. it's been set. Juppy, what have you, what took your eye this week? Ah, <sighs> Not really this week, but I was thinking about the last year and obviously I was thinking about Formula One. And then I got Good. upset about Verstappen again. Um, yeah, so last season was a bit, bit crap. If you're, it's just going to be the worst. It's just going to be as bad this year. Um, yeah. So this is the stat to back up how bad last season was and and how crap it was. Um, so I've got a a table here which is every championship um, since two thousand and the win percentage um, of the driver. Oh, um, yeah. Do you want to have a guess where last season where Max came in? There's win percentage. Oh, it was like it was like seventy five, eighty percent, wasn't it? It was seventy five percent. Yeah. Was it eighteen to twenty four? Sorry. Was it eight? How many races? Twenty two. I was going to say there weren't there weren't, weren't twenty four races. Yeah, something like that. It's just a joke. I don't I don't care. It's a rubbish sport. I've previously said this on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to hear this. Well, tell you what, if anyone's listening and you also hate a Formula One. What we'll do is we'll leave one of those little sort of things at the bottom, so you can see the sections. And you can just skip to the next one, which will probably be about sort of thirty minutes time. Anyway, sorry, Jup. No, I'm keeping it short, short and sweet. Uh, do you want to guess who the most dominant season was, driver-wise? Uh, Schumacher. I'm going to say O three, O four, O three. O three is actually so. O four is seventy six percent win race win rate. 03 is a 40% win rate. Oh, well, um, And then bottom of the table is uh, Sebastian Vettel with 28% win rate in 2012. In, uh, yeah, I was going to say that would be his last mm. of his wins, right? How's it? So, is oh, that no, season last, no, was, 12 was the ridiculously close one with Alonso. Yeah. It came down to the final race. So, what, he'll have won 20, what, 28%. Alonso will have won slightly less, obviously. So, what, Max just finished second? Not Max, who was it? Um... Sorry, in which was, season? Sorry, what is the? What are you talking about? So you just realised wasn't this thing. No, it was. So it's the lowest win rate in a Formula a champion, One season yeah. of a champion. Yeah. Yes. So basically, yeah. So if he won, what was it twenty six percent? Yeah. Then presumably Alonso was slightly lower. And what? There's just a lot of winners that year. A lot of people who. It, it could have been exactly the same, but then Vettel may have um, finished in second place more. 
yeah. to win the championship. So, yeah, there, there were lots. There were lots of race winners that year. It wasn't just the usual like two car shootout. I think with two races to go, four four races could have still won it or something ridiculous. That twenty twelve season, it was really really close. Same as the 07 season was insanely close. Um, is that when a lot uh, Massa was robbed on the final corner by? No, that was two thousand and eight. 2007 was where Hamilton's first season he kind of bottled it by DNFing in like the penultimate or the three races to go and had he not DNF'd when he because he crashed coming out of the pit lane and had he not done that he'd have uh, been champion in his first year damn yeah something like that but yeah yeah, Um, it was a high percentage for Max this year I've got please let it be better this year please yeah it's uh, falling off a cliff a bit isn't it um, and the other one, the other stats from 2022 that I really enjoyed, another favourite sport of Reese's is the old cricket. And, oh, um, what, do, you want, do you want me to leave? Kinda. <laughs> Tempting. Yeah, didn't think so. Anyway, um, <laughs> England's Test Series tour in Pakistan, and um, we're all very excited because England, England did well. We actually had some batters that hit centuries. I think in one test there were four batters that hit centuries. Um, but in the first test series, there were 1,768 runs scored, which is the highest amount ever for a five-day. And England scored 506 runs in one day in that series as well, in the, in the first uh, test match. So hopefully better things to come from this year. And it's the, obviously the uh, one-day International World Cup as well. So it's defence of that would be very exciting. Basball. Oh, yes. That was, uh, that was me, then. I, for one, can't nice. wait to see the old... The old woody sticks <laughs> slinging that leather out of the big rope. God. Ridiculous. You can't get enough of it. Joffre Archer might be back as well. And he's apparently he's quite really he's exciting. Up in the uh, South African yeah. version of the IPL. I think it's the South African version. Um, he is class. Yeah, the, the SAPL. Yeah, the um I'm interested to see I'm, I'm probably not gonna watch, but Drive to Survive this this season how they try and make last year seem interesting. <laughs> it oh, it'll just so be about... Rubbish. There'll be three three episodes on Danny Rick alone and then McLaren's going. Ferrari capitulating, yeah. yeah. Dearing me. What's the new tennis nice. version of that? Break, break point. points. Uh, break and points. then full swing is the golf one, which is going to be amazing because it's the year that Live Golf started up. Ooh. Have you watched Breakpoint yet? I have not. I've seen one episode. Weak. Yeah. Well, the, I oh, think the problem enough. with these sorts of shows is that they're kind, or the problem slash advantage of these kind of shows, I think they're almost tailored towards the people who don't necessarily follow the sport as closely. So, for example, for you guys, you know a hell of a lot more F1 related. It's for casual fans, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did you yeah, uh, did you guys see? I think it was either today or yesterday. I think it might have been today actually. The uh, PGA golf drama. <laughs> oh, is this some, um, McElroy and thingy? Yeah, it's yeah. like sending court summons on like... Christmas Day, right? Yeah, uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah, Christmas they also yeah, summons Justin Thomas. Subpoena Justin Thomas on the Justin day Thomas of his wedding. On yeah, like the day before his wedding. But yeah, basically Patrick Reed, one of the live golf defectors, went to go shake Rory McElroy's hand on the driving range before their tournament. McElroy ignored him, so Patrick Reed threw a golf tee at him. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, this, and like the way it got blown up by the media is like Patrick Reed and McElroy fight on the driving range. I was like, oh my God, there's a video and everything. And he like tosses a tea peg at him. <laughs> so that's as close as it gets to a fist fight. It's pathetic. Love yeah, it. That was today's drama. Well, even ignoring the fact that if you've been subpoenaed, your lawyer would tell you not to talk to the opposing party. And so <laughs> he's done the legally advisable Sensible thing. thing. Yeah. Good on you, Rory. Yeah. Good on you, Rory. World number one. Class. Um, or as the Australians no, sure, would say, the... Bonza. Oh, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I'll carry on your theme, Juppie. I'll go with my uh, favourite 2022 records. Uh, one of these was uh, just kind of me thinking back across the year, and then one of them was a bit of research. So the one that, just looking back on the year and sporting events and what stuck out probably because it happened right at the end of the year uh was i think we can all agree well maybe we can't agree we'll see the football goat debate at least for our generation has been settled with uh that's messi, it. it's been settled. messi lifting the world cup winning player of the tournament i think he's his own he's the only player to win two um player of the tournaments at World Cups and uh, staying at PSG whereas Ronaldo crashed out didn't win anything and signed for Al Nassar the Saudi Arabian club not to cast aspersions on the Saudi Arabian league but it's not quite the calibre of the no. uh, of Ligue 1 it's such a fall from Greece as well like go, goes on TV moans to Piers Morgan and then just just falls yeah. and crash off a it cliff it is a bit of a sad ending which I don't yeah. like because love him or hate him he's arguably best footballer ever and it's just a bit sad when career ends like that right well, he must have had options so, though, for other clubs. so the GOAT debate has been settled but also Ronaldo is arguably the best footballer ever He fine put him at top five whatever you want to say he's, he's in he's always been in that conversation and then to have your career end so, like, damp squid, it's just, I don't know, a bit sad. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things I hate about these kind of polarised debates, is that, like, you need someone else to push you, really? Yeah, I mean, I, others I, I'm, I'm it's cool, sure, they're the best. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that neither of them would have hit the lofty heights that they have done if they didn't have that counterpart opposite, you know, matching their every move. Yeah. Um, it was even, like, they, they played a pre-season friendly, PSG versus Al Nassar. And it was like six five, and they both scored like two goals. I did that. It was six five. What was it? PSG. It was six five. It was six five or five four. It was yeah. It was six five or five four. It was some insane scoreline. Ronaldo got two. Messi got one or two. Like the game was insane, and you're like, no other. Like if Ronaldo wasn't playing there, that game ends is just a non-event. Rubbish. Who cares? But it's just you could stick either of them on any team, play against each other, and it becomes like the most talked about sporting event that weekend kind of thing. I mean, they've both been so good. As some, I, I think what I'm, I'm pleased for Messi, obviously, on a personal level. Um, <laughs> it's a thing that really annoys I, so I, I quite, I'm almost the inverse of such chat about this with a couple of people. I, You know, your classic Brit likes an underdog story and you kind of want to see someone do well and survive against the odds. I do like that, but equally, I kind of like seeing sustained greatness rewarded. Like, I, w- I, I wouldn't mind seeing Man City win 
the Champions League because they've been so good for so long. Yeah. I kind of think you put a program together, you spent an absolute ton of money, but you bought very well. Like there's very few misses. Yeah. Like with Messi, I mean, just look at Chelsea at the minute. Throwing hundreds of millions at the transfer market doesn't win you games. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. You. It, it's not an inst. It. It gives you the means to succeed, as like Newcastle obviously approved it the last year. But you. Apologies, audience, for the brief uh, technical difficulties there. As you were saying, Reese, Newcastle gives you the means to succeed. Oh uh, yeah, I was. Oh god, honestly, I had some absolute gold. Absolute gold here. Uh, it's, I think some of the best points I think any podcast has ever made. Uh, it's a real shame that those are completely lost to the world and we'll never be able to hear them again. <laughs> Basically, to sum up, I think it was a very long rant. Messi, good. People saying he hadn't won the World Cup, therefore he wasn't that good. Annoying. Now he's done it. Can we all just yeah. chill and just be like, he's really good? You can say someone's really good without necessarily denigrating someone else's achievements. It's possible for them both to be really good. Yeah, two things can be true. Um, so yeah, that was a good World Cup, short of Harry Kane's football conversion penalty. Um, and the fact that that video with Johnny Wilkinson exists just <laughs> can't oh, be real. God, yeah. I watched that, and yeah. even as I watched it, I was like, this this can't be real. I know that's Johnny Wilkinson, and I know that's Harry Kane, but this has to be a spoof with like actors. This can't be real after what just happened. How dumb can you be to think it's a good idea to video that and put it out before the World Cup, just in case? I mean... Yeah. What, wait, wasn't it years ago? I thought it was like four four or five years ago. Whenever it bloody was. was. So dumb. Yeah, was, just before the you cosmically... Know, all, you have to do, all you have to do is sky one penalty and that video's getting plastered everywhere forever. <laughs> just like, literally forever. Idiot. Yeah, what was it? Yeah. Tottenham it was, bottle was job. Upsetting. Deserve each other. Johnny Wilkinson, though. Yeah, Johnny's pretty Legend. good. Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> yeah, good. He was good at stuff, wasn't he? Tell you what. Well, uh, great good news, listener. Uh, Phil and Jupp have now disappeared, so it's just me here. Um, yeah, another technical difficulty. Oh, well. Um, so, we're carrying back. on with my... We're back. We're back. With my so that was your, that was your kind of casually thought out one. And this is yeah. your actually researched one. The, the research one was about uh, a female swimmer named Katie Ledecky. Ledecky, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Let's go Ledecky. 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 Let's go Ledecky. Um, it's French she, for it the turns out, the de- <laughs> French for the Decky. Ledecky. Um, turns out she is bloody good at swimming. And specifically the 800 metres. So, for though for a bit of context on this, uh, Usain Bolt, pretty good at the old running. How many of the top 10 times do you think he holds? So, the 10 fastest 100 metres ever run by human beings, how many of them were set by Usain Bolt? Oh, this is really annoying. Because I did, obviously... Obviously, as I'm sure everyone remembers, including you, listener, the the first one I did was on the uh, Jamaican sprinting. Yeah. But I think that was the, that was only the top their top overall time. I'm gonna say of the top ten, give, I'm gonna give him three. Yeah, didn't he set his own world record in 08 and then break it in London? So he's got at least two. Then I'm assuming he's got. 
Uh, he set it in 08 and broke it in 09 at the World Championships, not the Olympics. He didn't break it at the Olympics? Not at the London Olympics. No, he broke it at the World Championships, not at the Olympics. Yeah. London Olympics was the fourth fastest time ever run. Um, <laughs> a paltry 9.63. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I reckon I'm going to go with four. Yeah, same as Reese. I'm imagining Katie Ledecky's got all ten of them. So he has five of the top ten. And obviously Bolt, pretty good. So five out of ten is your benchmark. How many of the top ten do you think Katie Ledecky has in the 800 metre swimming? Trick question is 20. Top 32. Trick question. No one else have, has ever swum the 800 metres. <laughs> she must be near the, all of them. Something like that. She's silly. Uh, so, yeah, she's got all 10. Uh, nice. she, in fact, she, in fact, has the fastest 28 times any human, any female has swum 800 metres. Which is mental. That's crazy. Like, how is that even possible? The fastest no one else 28. Or... Yeah. Has no one else done this event? <laughs> like, I, you know what? I, I came into this impressed by Casey Ledecky, but I'm actually. So at some point, you need to move on with your life. Just do something else. <laughs> like, you know what, what more have know. you got to prove? Yeah. The top 27 800 meter times. Move on, Katie. <laughs> there are other things in life. Go for yeah. a run. Insane. And so, that yeah, she said. In 2022, she set another fastest 800 meter time. Um, Do you know what the fastest non-Ledecky 800 meter time is? Oh, no, I don't. But they're the 29th fastest ever, so who cares? Schmuck. But I wonder, yeah, wonder what the difference yeah, I, I remember the, the graphic is so good. It's like fastest 800 meter times ever. It's just Katie Ledecky time, Katie Ledecky time, Katie Ledecky time. And it just scrolls down to for 28. Um, but yeah, I think that's the that's the that's one of the more dominant things i've ever come across and just so it's just a, a i found it really amusing the top 28 just mental That's and yet at some point just i don't know try something else you've you've you've, you've put your you stamp on the swimming. 800 meters yeah, yeah you've completed 800 meters swimming try maybe try else. the 400 what is it about swimming which gives rise to such like dominant individuals yeah i think we're because it's all relatively yeah different strokes different distances and it's not like I guess going from one distance to another in swimming is less arduous than in running, from what I've seen. Do you? Well, actually, I don't know. Do you swim the same speeds? Obviously, you can't. But maybe it's like it's it's the the difference between hundred meter and two hundred meter. Yeah, I think like that. What the speed is less? Yeah, your your length time varies less. Maybe I don't know. Compared to like your stint time in running, but. Either way, 28 fastest ever swim. Yeah, if any listeners have got a sports podcast and can look into these sorts of things for us, <laughs> let us know. We're not here for facts. We're here just for just throwing stuff out there and, and having a rough chat about it. <laughs> yeah, All in. That, that, was, that was up there with my 2022 researched stats. But what about you, Reese? What did you like? So I'd also uh, delved into the world of, of women's sport. Um so, start. I mean, I've or, as, or as some people call it, 
sport. I thought was I going to say that, and I thought, you know what? No, I'm not going to patronise the good women of this world. But you go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead, Chief. Um, so in the Women's Rugby World Cup uh, 2021, held in 2022, it's the Euros all over again. Um, <laughs> so New Zealand won, and winger Portia Woodman Wycliffe ended a the great name top of this yeah great name I think she well, she was Portia Woodman in 2017 so she's obviously uh, tied the knot since so congratulations Portia um, <laughs> probably 2018 probably so slow to this uh, so she ended at top uh, she had to, scored the most tries in the tournament with seven she gained the most meters in the tournament with 494. She beat the most defenders in the tournament with 30, and she had the most line breaks in the tournament of 12. Uh, she's a winger, by the way, just for the record. And if uh, if you're not familiar with rugby, uh, then they're the quick ones she, on the edge. Quick ones on the edge. Who would be most likely to do most of these things? But still, obviously, it's impressive that she's topping all of those. To do, yeah, I was about to say to come top of all of them. Uh, do you know who was top of each of those categories at the last Women's Rugby World Cup it, in 2017, I, Juppie? It was her, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I remember reading about this. It was absolutely her as well. Yeah. She was even nice. like she was even more dominant. So 2017, 13 tries as opposed to seven. Damn. She in 648 metres as opposed to 494. She beat 41 defenders as opposed to 30. Jeez. And she doubled her line 41. rate. 41. 41. Blimey. And she doubled her line breaks with 24. So, like, a ridiculous 2017. And I... I, I Arguably, she's dropped off a cliff since then. Yeah. She, well, she's Got dropped married off a cliff. and it went downhill. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lesson for us all. I'm, I'm is, sure we, yeah. we can learn. <laughs> Phil, take note. Phil's yeah. got a fiancé, just in case you don't know anyone listening. <laughs> He's not mentioned it yet, but he was going to. Um, and then the other, uh, obviously, everyone's favourite footballing memory from uh, last year was the English women's football team winning the Euros smashing it smashing it again um, they actually legend. they actually went undefeated in the whole of the 2022 calendar year played 20 won 16 drawn 4 that feels like a lot of games uh, I guess there's this World Cup qualifying towards the end of the year there's the Euros before that and then I think I guess a variety of that's uh, loads of games in the for uh, international it. football, yeah. Fair play. Yep, well, you know, good on, good on the, the lasses. Um, scoring 72 goals and conceding six for an Same. average game. Sort of score nice. of 3.6 to 0.3. So average winning margin of over three goals a game. So some big wins in there. 10-0 over North Macedonia. 5-0 against Northern Ireland. Twice. Um, five one against the Netherlands, five uh, eight nil over Norway, who obviously very good, and they beat the Sweden. The Sweden they beat Sweden four nil in the semis of the Euros. So uh, yeah, and that's not even taking into account the twenty nil win over Latvia in November twenty twenty one. twenty nil. Similar to Ledecky. Come that's on, guys, nice. just stop it, stop it. Yeah, ready, dead. Uh, and actually, the last time uh, the Lionesses lost the game, it was April twenty twenty one. Although there's a bit of a, a kind of a gap with COVID and all that sort of thing. Remember that? That's crazy. It's gone now. But but like if you're if you're twenty like tending up in international football, you're still gonna try and score more goals because it's good for the stats, isn't it? You gotta keep yeah. up those numbers up. It's good Do for the Harry stats. Harry Kane scoring all the penalties. That's all it is. 
well, you know, I guess you've got to respect the opposition as well, but not necessarily disrespect them by turning taking it the down. Taking the mick, yeah. But then also, 20-0 is kind of taking the mick. You can still do that respectfully, I feel. No celebrations, straight back to the halfway line. Kind of like me when I scored yeah. a goal in hockey. I'm like Phil, <laughs> who likes to run off to the corner and go, yeah! <laughs> Just fist also, pump. that'd be funny if you ever scored. Yeah, it's going to uh, I actually scored a goal in, uh, I think it was 2019, so <laughs> jokes on you. Christ. Oh, there's always this weekend. Nice. That was some uh, good 2022-ing. Um, but yeah, looking ahead into uh, next year. On our, this year? This year, yeah. The, the coming 11 and a bit months. Um what we kind of think might happen, want to happen, hope will happen. Uh, I've done, I've got four. Uh, two of them I'll just skim over and then two I'll go into a little bit more detail because it's got some numbers around it. Um, staying on the women's football theme, do you know what significant event is happening this year? Um, we're buying the women a brand new football. We're getting a new football to use for this year. Is that it? It is not. There we're doing the... so well not insulting the women and then you just, you just ruined it you just absolutely ruined it isn't it the, uh, it's the, world, it's the actual World Cup isn't it it is the, the World Cup it yeah. is the World Cup and uh, do you know what significant milestone record first time ever can occur um, the first time whatever can occur the first time someone scores 12 well, goals in the yeah, final without being an arse about it <laughs> What consecutive Euros to World Cup wins, I guess? No, it is the first time, assuming US win, it'll be the first time in the men's or women's there's been a three-peat at the World Cup. Ooh. So they've won the previous two, and no one, men's or women's, not even Pele's Brazil, won three in a row. Um, so And combined with that, for the players, so Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, Becky Salbrun and Alyssa Nea could join Pele as the only people to have ever won three World Cups if they uh, if they all make the squad and uh, they're currently active players for the US national team and if they go on to win it they'll have won all three back to back to back and join Pele so pretty elusive club um, so the US Women's be. World Cup to look forward to um, can't be that good they didn't win the Euros did they yeah, exactly. We did. <laughs> uh, another one, Joaquin Sanchez Rodriguez could break the appearance record in La Liga. So he is currently held by Andoni Zubizarreta, which was set. <laughs> You've really not the... done yourself a favour with these names. Yeah, I know. Have you? <laughs> was uh, in the eighties and nineties. Uh, he's currently, I believe, fifteen off the record, and the record is six hundred and twenty-two. Appearances. Is this appearances? Okay, right. And he's 15 shy of it. And the reason I was particularly kind of surprised by this is he's a winger and he's on like 607 appearances or something mental. Oh, you've butchered... You mean Joaquin? Yeah, you've butchered his name there. No, Joaquin. It's like Joaquin Phoenix. (laughs) J-O-A-Q-I-A. Yeah, that one. He's the fella. Yeah, he was... Oh, unbelievable player. But, uh, he was a he was a classic on the uh, on the Valencia side in the FIFA 04 I used to love, and still going strong. Yeah. yeah so as a winger, I thought that was quite impressive, given you'd expect it to either be some boring CDM or goalie. 
as it is in yeah. the top five leagues. Um, yeah, the the two I wanted to kind of delve into a little bit. Firstly, because I'm a fanboy. Secondly, because it's good numbers. Uh, first one, a brief trip just to save Juffy to the uh, NBA. So LeBron James should, barring injury, overtake Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record of 38,387 points. So he's currently 158 shy. Uh, so that's about five games at his current scoring record. So Is that as of today? Didn't he just drop like 40 the other night? In he just one dropped... One comebacks, yeah. Uh, no, he, beat, he put 46 on the Clippers in a loss... And then against Sacramento Kings yesterday, he scored 30-odd, I think. Um, so that is bang on today. Um, so it should be five or so games. But if he goes ballistic, there's a chance he could do it against New York at Madison Square Gardens, which everyone says like is what he's trying to do. But he's got to score like 50 a game for the next three games or something. But it's yeah, LeBron, that. so he probably could. Um, yeah, just to put into perspective that record, what makes it so impressive is so Michael Jordan, one of, if not the best players ever, renowned for his scoring and scoring lots of points. That's what Michael Jordan was amazing at. So he had a career average of 30.1 points per game. So at Michael Jordan's average, you would need to play 15 and a half full seasons of all 82 games to break that record, which is ridiculous, 15 and a half seasons. Most players don't play 15 and a half seasons, let alone... Mm scoring 30 points a game in every game. Um, and then Michael Jordan's best season average was in, I think, 87, 88, the late 80s. Um, he averaged 37 points per game for a whole season. That was his highest scoring season. You would still That's need ridiculous. just over 12 and a half full 82 game seasons to break Kareem's record, scoring at the best scorers, best seasons rate you'd need 12 and a half seasons so hat off to lebron it's a pretty ridiculous record and it's one of those that when it was set everyone as soon when kareem retired it was like that's never getting beaten that's one of those records it's up there with wilt chamberlain's 100 point game john stockton's 15 odd thousand assists um people just like this is never getting beaten these these records will just never get beaten um, and yeah, he's managed to the Wilt one. I think probably is safe because 100 points is probably impossible yeah. in today's game. But no getting one's getting to, their stops in. Yeah. Oh yeah, and no one's getting. But yeah, to get to 38 and a half thousand points, mental. So well it's done. worth noting he's also got 10,300 assists. Well, he's tenth for three pointers made. He's going to end up. I think it's something like at his current rates and an approximation of how many years left he'll play. He'll end up something like first for scoring, third for rebounds, uh, first for scoring, third for assists, and like tenth for rebounds, or something just ridiculous. He's just like top like ten for mad. all three. Like the, the if anyone's like ever when is when is like a wonder kid fulfilled the hype? He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated at high school, St Vincent yeah. St Mary's, the chosen one, um, the chosen one. Yeah, I mean that's that's amazing. He's come through with absolute. Is he still yeah. hanging on, right, to play with his son? Yeah, he says he wants story. to play with. Yeah, he says he wants to play with Bronny. Well, I'm, you know what? He probably could at this rate. Well, I think Bronny would be in college next season. He's being recruited. So he's got to play next season and the one after. 
<laughs> Easy. And just just wind the games yeah. down. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging, I think he's averaging just under 30 points per game this season, which is still, like, up he's there still very the good. Best. That Lakers so, team is a bit weird, though, isn't they're it? They're rubbish. They scorers. So, get rid of Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah, so that's going to happen Hush. this year, which will be quite impressive. Um, then the other one I wanted to talk about... Ooh, just because... quickly, Ooh. just before you move on, uh, the Michael jo- the Michael Jordan d- uh, offensive thing, he's actually tied for the first... tied to the, the most uh, f- first team all defence. Uh, oh, yeah, he is. Selections as well with yeah. nine. So if you're out there and you just think he was just a scorer, he wasn't. He could defend too. <laughs> he could defend. He could defend. He was very um, good. It, I actually have a stat about LeBron. Isn't LeBron also the most picks player for the All-Star t- He's uh, got 18, well? 18 All-Star appearances, which is the most, yeah. Record, yeah. 18 All-NBA teams. Uh, yeah. Lots of impressive he's good at, numbers. He's good he's at bouncing that ball and throwing that ball through yeah, the metal and ring. he has been for the 20 years he's been in the league. Um, oh, yeah. Ridiculous. So, um, yeah, the, the other one I want to talk about, just because I don't think we've actually mentioned it on the podcast, which is surprising. Maybe we have. Is just the Norwegian freak currently making a mockery of the Premier League uh, as Erling Haaland. So, in 2023, <laughs> he has the opportunity to set some. Ridiculous records. So, obviously, Premier League goals. For those who don't know, Erling Haaland is Man City's new striker. It's his first year with the team, and he is scoring lots of goals. First year, his first three months, basically. Yeah. So, the current record for Premier League goals is 34, jointly held by Andy Cole and Alan Shearer, but that was in a 42-game season. They now only play 38. Doesn't matter. He's still going to get to that number. Um, the record for a 38-game season, which is what we currently play, so more comparable, is Salah's 32. So, Mohamed Salah, the Liverpool winger. Uh, Haaland is on 25 goals after 20 games. So, he's played half a season and he's on 25 goals. So, we just need 8 goals or to beat Salah or 10 goals to beat Andy Cole and Alan Shearer. In 18 games, which he'll obviously do because he's making, as I said, a mockery of the Premier League. Um, So yeah, it seems basically a formality. Uh, He's also already on four hat-tricks. The record is five in a whole season, and we're only halfway through. Uh, And that was set by (laughs) Alan Shearer in 95-96. It's the fact that I heard a commentator, like, unsarcastically say that he was going through a goal drought and it had been a game and a half. <laughs> I mean, yeah. When you set the bar that high, though. A game and a half. And I think arguably the best thing to come out of Erling Haaland just just making a joke of the Premier League, coming in and destroying it, is all the memes and tweets. There have been some <laughs> stunning ones. <laughs> I think my, fa- my favourite one... He j- it was after he scored his hat-trick against uh, Wolves recently, so his fourth hat-trick. And it was that come dine with me scene where it's like, <laughs> oh, another hat-trick, Harland. I hope you're happy. What a sad what a little sad life little you life. lead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just scored another hat-trick. And there's people like, oh, Harling scored again. 
you giant Norwegian loser, just get out of our league. Like, Touch grass. <laughs> yeah. Touch grass. Just get a life, you loser. There's more. You <laughs> stop scoring goals. Coming over here, taking the job of a much less qualified English striker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I I love watching him. His he's so just powerful, direct. Can a lot of his goals have been incredibly acrobatic as well. Him and De Bruyne for Man City are just starting to get worryingly well connected. It's just, um, it's just so many of them are just like just uh, like smart little movements inside the box, yeah. like you know, reading it so well and just sort of moving before a defender. It's not he's not like running half the pitch, outpacing people and just like hammering at home. It's like it's so subtle. He just yeah. reads the game so well. The first five yards, you could say, all in his head. Yeah, and De Bruyne just being able to close his eyes, put it into vaguely the six-yard box and just know he'll be there. And more often than not, he is. But yeah, so his current rate, he will... So the current record, just to refresh, is 34. His current rate of scoring will see him score 50 <laughs> in one season. Get a life, man. <laughs> and actually, I think we have uh, I think we have talked about this briefly before because uh, I vaguely remember you going out on a limb and saying you thought he might be the Premier League's top goal scorer this season. Well, a friend of mine uh, had a wage with me that it would be Nunes and not Haaland, and which is hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I would defriend them formally yeah. in real life. But the uh, the last stat I had on this, which again I found quite amusing, so he's on twenty five goals after half a season. That is already five more than Derby County scored in the entire 0708 <laughs> season. <laughs> Where they admittedly only won one game, drew eight and lost 29 in the worst 11-point season there has ever been. Goal difference minus 69. But he has already scored five more than the entire Derby County team in an entire season by himself in 20 games. Just, what was it? 0708? 0708. Just get a life, you loser. Stop scoring goals. It's just ridiculous. Oh, hold on. I've got, tra- I wanna, I'm, I've got transfer market up. I want to see roughly how much that entire Derby team would have cost. <laughs> I, I, probably, I probably won't. We'll put that hopefully, on our Instagram account or something. Hopefully like less than Haaland. Yeah, that's my two big things. I want to see how many Haaland get. I want him to get 50. Just, just do yeah, it. I just embarrass us all. Just get 50, just ruin people's lives who don't have you in your fantasy and be done with it. Um, and then LeBron James to get the uh, all-time record. I'd be happy with those two. Oh, and Lewis to get the uh, eight. No. But we, we're not going to talk about F1 anymore because I'll get sad. No. Anyway, Jup, next year, what are we looking at? Well, I'm here to talk about F1. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> 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 uh, I almost left. I almost left. Um, right, so um, as was previously mentioned, I was watching that uh, tennis, um, is it Prime Netflix series, whatever it is? Breakpoint. Uh, Breakpoint. Um, bit, bit flat for me, but it got me thinking about Djokovic and Nadal and the most Grand Slams for men's that are currently out there. So the moment oh, yeah. uh, Nadal is the lead with, with 22, Djokovic 21, but... Um, I think this year could be the year that Djokovic takes over and wins yeah. and uh, yeah so Djokovic is in the Aussie Open at the moment he's in the semi-final playing against someone that's pretty much unknown I think it's uh, Tommy Paul or something 
and then you've got Wimbledon and the US Open. So I'm assuming that Nadal's going to win the French. The US Open has been won. Well, it by... depends. He had, he retired injured at the Aussie Open. He did, but I mean, he'll come back for the French. Yeah, he'll be there for sure. Um, and, you know, what is he dropped three games or three sets in his entire French Open career or whatever it is? Yeah, it's a machine. Um, but yeah, so the one that's up for, up for debate is the US Open because that's been won by three different people in the last couple of years. Um, the newcomer last year, then Medvedev has won it, and then so has Dominic Thiem. But in both those times, Djokovic, well, last year Djokovic wasn't in the tournament because of the visa issues, the vaccinations. Mm. The year before, he was disqualified for smashing the ball at the umpire, if you remember that. That quite oh, yeah. funny video that I didn't watch multiple times. <laughs> and one year, that year as well for Dominic Thiem, um, Nadal was injured. And then Medvedev, uh, I can't remember... I don't think he was there either. Or maybe, I think he maybe crashed out in the fourth round or something. Um, so realistically, Djokovic is going to win the US Open as well. So that would put him on 24. And Wimbledon. Oh, yeah, that's including Wimbledon. Yeah. I mean, the only one that was that's maybe up for, up for like debate is the US Open. But, I mean, Djokovic hasn't been there for three years, and so he's going to go win that for sure. Yeah. And Nadal's is just broken body-wise, isn't he? So I don't think he'd put up much of a competition mm. for either of those. Yeah, it's a bit sad watching him. Um, but what's what's really, really strange, though, is if, but say, both of them retire... Say both of them were to retire now, do you want to guess who has the most slams left on the on this sort of current rotation of players that are playing slams regularly? It's a pretty easy guess. Wait, how do you mean? As in, so, who's the third lead, who's yeah. who's the third place so, active player when it comes to slams? Yeah. Uh, I mean Murray, surely. It is Murray. Yeah. With three, and then after that, everyone else is on one. So there's a real sort of kind of vacuum of people yeah. in slams if those these two leave. And if you go back and look at like all the wi- all the wins of slams since I don't know, 2006, it's basically the 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 big three including Federer and then Murray has snuck in and Weverinko has snuck in as well and it's um, it's really bizarre well I think there's yeah, so yeah up until basically from Federer's dominance I can't wait to start like what yeah like I said 06 give or take all the way to Covid there wasn't a single year where the three of them didn't win at least three mm-hmm. I think there m- maybe there's one year but yeah there's basically no year where the three of them didn't win three of the four. Like, it's just such ludicrous dominance. Oh, there was there was one year, 2016. Was that the the Vavrinka and Rand Murray? Yeah. But like, it's such a it's such an efficient sport, right? Five sets. Um, Are you kidding? What? Five sets last for like three hours, and you're sprinting left or right. No, this is this is what I mean. As an efficient in terms of, it's not like the FA Cup, but it's one a one off ninety. Well, that's. Yeah, FA Cup like one. It's one v one, and it's long enough it's that the best person wins. Yeah, yeah, it's the oh, similar. Yeah, right, the way that like US, US, um, like your, your uh, NBA finals, for example, are like seven game series because yeah. the idea is that you're very take rarely as much does the best team not win. Possible. Yeah. It's yeah, one v one, um, and I'll, yeah, long enough to to kind of take that out of it. So it kind of makes sense for the very best to kind of go all the way. Whereas like, you know, if you drop a game. Uh, that's unfortunate, and you can you can drop games, you can drop sets, you can still win. Whereas golf, you've got what seventy two holes, and the score is cumulative. So you have a bit of a shocker. Suddenly you're four shots down, and you carry that for the rest of the 
tournament. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, there's a very good chance that he's uh, finishing on top. So how many slams Surely. has he missed over the last couple of years due to COVID, wow. refusing to take his COVID jabs because it gives you the shakes? Well, only only three three last year, and then before that, I don't think it was brought up because he was there because he smashed the ball with the umpire. But didn't he, has he missed a couple of Aussie Opens? I, I, only one. Only one, oh, okay. And then I don't think it was... Yeah, only one. That's fair enough. So he's missed three. He, I mean, he could very, he could slash... It's it, yeah in another world where he agrees to get a vaccine, which we're not going to take a position on as a podcast as mm-hmm. their scientific merit. Um, yeah, he could always be winning it. He could already be yeah in, up 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 there. The only here, here small on top. thing that could be a problem for him with Wimbledon is that his dad has got himself into a bit of trouble recently. Yes, big Obviously. time. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, they probably won't stop him playing Wimbledon for that, but. Uh... Yeah, hey, no, his dad well, just won't be allowed to come watch you. I thought. Hopefully, um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. So another other predictions, non non really statistic. I just want to talk about them because a big year. Actually, it's a huge year for sports. Um, the Ashes coming back. Yeah, oh, yeah. A five five nil loss. But um, <laughs> I reckon we might win one series, maybe at, at, in Edgebaston, uh, maybe four one. Um, Six Nations as well. Very excited for that to kick off. Not excited to watch France sort of. Steamroll for everyone and everyone. be the best team in the in the, in the sort of nations by far. Oh, that reminds so me, see. we had a uh, a listener submission on uh, a twenty twenty three prediction. So yeah. uh, one of our longest shush listener, yeah. shush listener, get your own <laughs> podcast. We're not here to listen to you. We're here to talk. Is our dear friend Richard Maver? Uh, his his Who? prediction is linked <laughs> linked to the. <laughs> 2023 Rugby World Cup being held in France this year. Oh, that's what I was going to say next. Fuck's yeah. sake, Maver. And he was saying how it is going to be South Africa becoming the first team to uh, win, what would it be, four? Four World Cups? Mm. Yeah, pretty good at <laughs> the old rugby. Ni- 90, one of the 90s. Delay will be all... Uh, 2095, 2007, and 2019. Yeah, so be four. Because both them and both them and um, New Zealand won three. Because New Zealand won the first one whenever that was held, and then 15, mm-hmm. And anyone who hasn't been uh, 11, stiff 15, sorry, by 11, all of their games will be delighted, I'm sure, to see that win. Yeah. So, and, you know, because sports, exciting. it's about winning ultimately. It's not about entertaining the fans. Very true. It's about playing. It's about you know, that the it's purity about, it's of the about game taking itself. steroids as a six foot six South African giant and yeah. steamrolling people. Our lawyers have advised us to say that we're not accusing any particular six foot five South African <laughs> giant of taking steroids. And you know, if you feel implicated by this, then you should take a long hard look at yourself. Yeah, and uh, all complaints go to the Matthew Phillips uh, lead of the, of the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, I was, that was Mavis' prediction. France, the France South Africa final. Um, I if it, if don't. The draw goes that way. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that can. Uh, I'm going France uh, New Zealand final. You reckon? Yeah. I haven't seen the draw, so they're in the oh, same yeah. group. So as long as they both get out of the group, they can only then meet at the final. Fair. Um, and then two more um, ODI World Cup this year, as mentioned before. Hopefully, we'll defend 
but I don't know. Depends what England kind of rocks up. Is How is there so much stuff this year? Is there always this much stuff? <laughs> We've become there's... painfully aware of it. We need to talk about it. Yeah. There's always things and World Cups and whatever. There's probably uh, probably another World Championships or something. There seems to be loads of cricket because they do one day and then 2020 as well. And that's um, yeah. every two, every four years. And that's every two years. Um, Thank God. Because the one Su- thing about Sullivan sport. might become the outright uh, World Championship leader with eight if he wins at the Crucible. Unless he decides to go and do a game show. And get or retire, game. yeah. How is he still going? It's in, well, I say because it's not really the most strenuous of sports, but he he looks relatively similar to how he did back in sort of late not early two thousands. Whereas Mark Williams, a great man, a Welsh man, is very very different. And John Higgins, John Higgins is John not Higgins as well. If John's listening, sorry mate, you're still good at the old. If John's listening, if John's listening, <laughs> you never know. I've not seen the listening figures. I imagine they're sky high. Uh, Snooker's in a bit of a dark place at the minute, actually. I don't know if you've seen the uh, reports oh, and things. They're cheating. There's four whatever. Chinese players in the top 50 that are all uh, being done for match fixing and etc. etc. One of them, Damn. I think, was the reigning UK Championship winner and like 10th in the world. There's And they're, they're oh, really? all being done for match fixing, yeah. Which isn't good. Mm. That is a bit of a downer, frankly. But, um, let me pick it up again. Thank Last God. One. F1. Uh, I, I just do, do think Max Verstappen will win the championship. Hundred percent. Put remortgage house and put it on Max Verstappen. It's going to be so boring. It'll be slightly less boring this year, but he's still going to win half the races. I won't remortgage my pretend mortgage, but I'll put some rent money on it, maybe. Yeah, it's it's gonna be Max again. Sad times. I just, I just think he's a great driver, and I can't wait to see. I just really, I think this year I'm actually gonna throw myself into F1. That'd be very pro Max Verstappen. His dad killed someone, man. You can't, you can't be a Verstappen fan. You can't hold that against Max. Max yeah. is super racist. You can hold that against him. Yeah, that's not great. Um, yeah, I mean that's tough to get around. He's probably like a really nice guy, though, right? Hmm. He probably so. it's like very kind of very self-aware as to his like privileged position in life. He <laughs> takes it pretty easy on other people around him. Oh, yeah. the the one thing I would say that is really cool is he's had his private jet retrofitted, so he's put his F1 simulator into his private jet, so he can do proper sim racing whilst in his private jet while it's flying, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Can't. They get the jet to sort of like just turn at speed so he can sort of feel the (laughs) G-force in the car. Right? Exactly. Right. Thanks for that, Juppie. Now, Reese, I've seen your notes and you've written about two sides of A4 on Mark Cavendish. I actually don't think it'd be that long. (laughs) Come on then. Start the essay. I can be be pretty quick. Start the monologue. Ruthlessly efficient. Ruthlessly efficient. So my prediction for this year is that Mark Cavendish will set the record for the number of Tour de France stages won. So he's currently on 34, which is tied with a Belgian cyclist called Eddie Merckx. Um, Just quickly, quick sorry. Background. Yep, go on. Does, has your prediction changed in light of very recent Mark Cavendish news? Um, 
what is the very recent Mark Cavendish news? Someone broke into his house with a gun and like robbed him. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Watch right. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Emotional be... turmoil. It's uh, well, I mean, he's he's bounced back from uh, stuff chemical, like chemical clinical depression. Yeah. I, I, I don't, that's obviously sorry to hear it. Don't go break into people's houses. Um, pretty grim for for anyone uh, I don't know that's a bit of a downer before I go into this yes it has let's not bother anyway go on the Manx Missile it's a shame cool nickname <laughs> really cool nickname the Manx Missile that's a great um, name, yeah. Cav uh, so basically he turns pro in 2005 he starts as a track cyclist um, and ends up uh, becoming a sprinter on the variety of, of like tour uh, cycling teams um, so I mean, basically, whenever I talk about anything now, I've got Justin in mind, who's gonna sit there and be like, "What is cycling? Explain cycling <laughs> to me. How does it work? What is a bike? This is for you, Justin." Um, so basically, any tour, any tour race, there's a number of different stages, uh, various inclines, declines, lots. Of, you know, some of them will be sort of flat time trial races. And obviously the Tour, the Tour de France famously finishes with that like flat cycle into Paris. Um, and I'll, I'll actually get some more sort of uh, various types of cyclists in a bit. But so he's a, he's a sprinter, essentially, which means he kind of hides behind a lot of the rest of his team for most of the uh, the race. And then when it comes to the last couple of hundred metres, the sprinters will kind of battle it out between themselves. Someone will break away and tr- and try and, um, and, and finish before significantly before everyone else. Uh, so essentially, that's sprinting in a nutshell. Lots of teamwork gains into cycling. Actually really cool to read about. I didn't know that much about it beforehand, but um, interesting stuff. So he's won like the, the, the points classification or the sprinters kind of uh, competition in a, in a bunch of different things. So it's uh, the 2010 Vuelta a España. That's flawless. Not the great Spanish accent. Uh, 2011 Tour de France, 2013 Giro d'Italia, <laughs> and the 21 Tour de France. Um, and in 2011, he wins an MBE for services to British cycling. He wins Sports Personality of the Year for the BBC. I forgot he'd won Spotty. Yeah, by an absolute landslide, I think. It must have been a dry year in other sports. Well, you know, he's had a, a, a heck Pretty of a year. Isn't it? It was just pre-Olympics. Who else was in the nominations? Oh, maybe... Um, um, what year was it, sorry? As well? It says 2011. Ew. Do you want to guess who else was in there? Yeah, 2011. You won't get most yeah. of these. Um, Not a clue. Mm, Darren Clark. Murray must be shortlisted. Yeah, he was. Uh, Darren oh, Clark did, he win the, um, did Darren Clark win the Open that year? Yeah, won the Open at the age of 42. Yeah. Oldest winner of the event since someone in 67. Mo Farah uh, won gold in 5K and silver at 10K at the World Championships. And then Luke Donald, the golfer, Andy well, Murray, one. Andrew Strauss, Alistair Cook. Oh, Rory McIlroy, Amir Khan, and Di Green. Oh yeah, hurdler. Hurdler, yeah, exactly. Um, so he wins that. So basically, uh, yeah. So he's, he's obviously had a pretty decent career. Obviously, uh, he's won his first Tour de France stage in 2008. I won't go through all of these, but basically, absolutely smashes it from 08 to 2011, winning 20 stages over those four years. Um, the number of stages per tour. I think changes from year to year. It's normally sort of low twenties or something. So let's see, Tour de France, uh, twenty twenty three stages. I think there's twenty two. 
this is great radio. Uh, <laughs> Twenty-one. So that's that's around about what you can expect. Um, so he's done very well. Uh, he basically has a bit of a. Uh, he wins many to 2015, 2016. Then doesn't win any until 2021. So five year it's period. It's a big yeah, wins another four to equal Eddie Merckx's record. Oh, because I remember there was a big um, debate, a big wasn't gap. there, whether or not he'd like come back at all, whether or not he'd win another. Yeah, yeah. So in 2017, he's diagnosed with this thing called Epstein Barr virus, which is what gives you mono, and so that plagues him for the next couple of years, um, sort of off, off and on. I think he he races a bit, he takes sort of extended breaks, um, severely limited due to the symptoms. Um, I think he's then re-diagnosed in 2019 with it. So I think having thought he was in the clear, actually, it was it was still sort of kicking about. Um, there's a diagnosis of chemical depression in 2018. Um, so I've sp- spoke, spoken about his issues since. There's a great episode of the High Performance Podcast where he goes he goes on with um, uh, what's his name, Jake. Uh, what's his name? Former left, Jake Humphreys. Yeah, if anyone wants to listen to that. Um, and actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's decent. Um, and uh, yeah, so but he's it, so he's done this great comeback. He's he's equaled Eddie, uh, and he's in position to maybe lead this year. Um, so it's worth briefly chatting about Eddie Merckx, who's possibly the greatest cyclist of all time. Genuinely unbelievable. Um, if we're going to do Goat Week, this guy would need to be in there as well. Did he get shot? Because um, if not, I know a better cyclist. He didn't get shot. Right then. But he's called the Cannibal. Oh, crikey. After his voracious attitude, uh, uh, appetite for victories. So, sure it, from 1965 sure didn't to 78. Because when he beat someone in a cycling race, he killed and ate them. Um, I'm not certain on that those are un- unproven allegations uh, and you know what I'd look into them I would have thought it would be mentioned though realistically anyway uh, so Eddie Merckx generally unbelievable 65 to 78 he gets 445 victories in 1585 races he wins the Giro d'Italia <laughs> in 68 70 72 73 74 nice he wins the Tour de France in 69 70 71 72 74 and the Vuelta España in 73 um, so, but he was just an unbelievable cyclist in an era when it wasn't as specialised as it is now so it was just sort of who's the you know fewer t- fewer less teamwork essentially it's more kind of you just yeah. ride quicker longer than everyone else um, whereas nowadays you've got a bunch of different guys so you've got your all-rounders who tend to be the people who win um, like a bigger guy um, sort of powerful but also can make up the mountains uh, you've got your climbers who are like really light, sort of really good power to weight, uh, and they're sort of special. Like they come through on those really long, like mountainous ascents, um, but because they're a little bit lighter, not as much power. I mean, you think of like uh, Chris Hoy and like those massive yeah. thighs like, gunning it around the track at the Olympics. Um, you get sprinters who basically will follow other teammates and they'll sort of pop out at the end, so they're saving their energy for that final sprint, two, three hundred meters, like Cavendish. You've got your time trialists who are like basically bigger guys, very powerful, like quick on the flat time trial stages when it's going, but in the uphill they really struggle. It's just trying to like, finish the stage in time and not get knocked out. Uh, a puncher, c'est français, <laughs> um, who were kind of really good at like undulating like, up up and down, not like specifically like big mountainous ascents. They, they struggle on like longer climbs. 
and then you've got something called a domestique who's basically the kind of works for the team obviously so much in cycling is like breaking up that airflow and and sort of uh follow uh sort of uh, drafting your teammates they'll do a lot of that kind of i didn't realize there was that work. much categorization i thought it was just you're good at sprinting yeah. you're good at longing done <laughs> yeah it actually yeah it's actually it's i so uh big big up to da- flatmate dan shaw big big cycling fan had a lengthy chat about this this week um yeah there's a silly there's a silly amount of teamwork in it because you think about it, you've got 250 cyclists who's also tr- all trying to take up the same like bit of the track yeah and so you're trying to sort of stay as your team roughly together with your with uh, you know, protecting your sprinters, keeping them behind you, but trying to be near the front so you don't get like... Yeah, I knew it was really, really tactical. I didn't, didn't realise that like the physical aspects were broken down that kind of granularly. Yeah, so... Uh, it, uh, no, did I. So I think it turns out if you if you've got a certain amount of time to finish each stage after the leader, and if you don't, you're you're out basically. So um, you have got the people in the mountains, like the sprinters, are just trying to like keep up. Yeah, just hold on. Your time trialists are just trying to yeah, and they'll all like stick together in the back, and they'll sort of help each other out, like taking it in turns to go one in front of another. Yeah. Prisoners dilemma type. Uh, actually, it's not prisoners dilemma, is it at all? Just helping each other out <laughs> because you know it's in your own interest ultimately. Um, but yeah, I, it kind of makes sense actually. Anyway, but so the problem is, um, Cavendish has won a lot of a lot of these stages. I mean, they're all sprint stages, so it's a, it's a time when everyone's more specialised, and he's relying on his team to kind of deliver him to certain places. Yeah. And you have a thing called a lead out man, who will be the one who who will sort of start the final break towards the line and kind of gun it in front of you for as long as he can. But then eventually, when he runs out of puff, he gets out of the way, and it's up to the sprinter then to just go ahead and and finish. Um, whereas Eddie Merckx was more, he won mountain stages, he won time trial stages, he won sprinting stages. Like yeah, a lot. So, so how many, how many's Cavendish off then? Cavendish, they're both on 34. Right. So one more would right, do right. it. And he won four last year. Uh, so it's looking reasonably good. Um, but it kind of, it does obviously depend a lot on, on the team around him. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, I think he's 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 an Astana, who are I think that's the team he was last year, and they're pretty like solid. Oh, to get him four wins last year can't be. Yeah, yeah can't be complete team. schmucks. You need a good team, and you need your team to sort of be focusing on that particularly, because I think it was uh, it was 2012. So having won four, six, five, five stages in his first four years, 2008, 9, 10, 11. He then moves to Sky in 2012, only wins three because they're basically were focusing on getting Bradley yeah. Wiggins the the yellow jersey, the overall classification. So it's all about it's more about that rather than making sure that Cavendish can get those sprint points. So we'll see. Go on, Mark. Actually, uh, actually, no, they're new. Actually, actually, he was in. He was with Dissunic Quick Step, so he's <laughs> now with Astari. So I don't actually know how good they're going to be. Enough. Well, Touchwood, it'd be nice for him to get that last one, especially with what he's been through from the sounds of it. Yeah, I'm real. Go yeah. on, Mark. Agreed. Nice. Yeah, good good year of sport ahead, but by all accounts. Good mix. Lots of World Cups, lots of championships, records to be tumbling. Tumble those records, boys. Yeah. And we'll be here to comment on it infrequently, but maybe more frequently than since November. Yeah. We won't have a seven-week hiatus, however long it's been. Should we just stop going on the holiday? Yeah, true. Holidays are overrated. 
God, I miss holidays. Yeah. Enjoyed that, boys. It's nice to see you both again. <laughs> good to, as, yes. as Reese said yes, uh, over our WhatsApp planning, it's good to have a reason, an excuse to do all this nerdy researching rather than just oh, being so sat in an empty room with white walls looking at your uh, laptop screen as you research niche sport facts for no reason. Now there is marginally more than no reason. I, I wouldn't say marginally it's a full reason. reason. I'd say it's a fraction of a reason. I think it is. We're educating the masses. Yeah. I'm telling Justin about cycling. <laughs> Two wheels and a chain. <laughs> Any more questions, Justin? Just give me a message. Slide into those DMs. And a, a final prediction for this year. I'm going to beat Matthew with golf on Sunday. You're on. You're on. In, in the cold weather. The ice pit. Freud and